Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Soberlink. The Soberlink system is designed to make parenting time safer with real-time remote alcohol monitoring. Soberlink uniquely combines a breathalyzer with wireless connectivity and is the only system that includes facial recognition, tamper detection, and advanced reporting. Parents can submit a test anytime, anywhere, and have test results delivered automatically to the concerned parties. Simplify co-parenting arrangements by using the system that provides transparency and proof of sobriety throughout the day. Join the thousands of parents who are already benefiting from Soberlink by visiting www.soberlink.com backslash family law. For a limited time, get an exclusive $50 off your device by emailing info at soberlink.com and mentioning Divorce and Beyond. Coming up on today's episode of the Divorce and Beyond podcast. As hard as it is, take five, 10 minutes and do it on a lunch break, do it before you go to bed. But just think about like, what's most important to me about this holiday? Where am I feeling uneasy? Uh, what am I stressed about? Because let's face it, the holidays are stressful, period. <laughs> Even when you're not going through divorce. Hello, and welcome to the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host. As a top divorce attorney and family law mediator for 30 years, I know what you need to know to get through your divorce, and most importantly, how to move beyond it to thrive and transition to your new future. My experts and I are here to give you the insider view into the process, so listen in for the wisdom and expert information you need on your journey through divorce and beyond. Hello and welcome to today's podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host, and today is the third in a very special series of episodes with speaker and parenting expert Christina McGee joining us again. So Christina, thank you so much for coming back. Oh, delighted to be here as always. This is, you know, your series is getting such a phenomenal response from our listeners. And and I, you know, that's wonderful because I think what is is you know, indicative of, or this is indicative of the fact that, you know, people really want to do the best they can for their kids. And you're such a wonderful resource. You you have such great actionable tips for parents. Um, I do want to point out, I see your book in the background. I forgot to grab my copy, but you are the author of Parenting oh. Apart, which <laughs> is my go-to uh, parenting resource. I, I recommend it to all of my divorcing couples uh, who have children because it's, you know, I call it the encyclopedia. It's not um, a read from cover to cover. You can, and it's fantastic information, but it's really the, hey, we have an issue. Go and look it up in the table of contents. And then there's a good five to seven pages of solid content of information on what you can do about that particular instance. So um, everyone, I will have a link to the book as I always do in the show notes. Um, but it's it's we're excited today because a few things. One, we got a wonderful response to your first two episodes. The first episode was on how to have the talk, the talk 
with your kids. Um, and then the second one is on how to create a parenting plan that works for your kids. Um, and that one got a, that one got a great response too. Um, today we're going to talk about as we as we tape this, we're going into the the holiday season. Um, we're taping this at the end of October. It will probably air in early November. So going into that holiday season for many families, it might be their first holiday season as a as separate households. It's also COVID, which is layering on anxiety and stress. Um, and so we're going to talk about you know what parents can do to keep the holidays we'll say merry and bright for their kids. Um, but first, we did have a reader question from Fiona. Um, and you very kindly have already given her a very detailed response. Um, but I wanted to, you know, read the question and you uh, have you give a couple of tips um, on Fiona's questions, because I think sure. that and it, they were sort of the common questions that we heard. Um, so Fiona said, I just listened to the talking to the kids about divorce. It was very insightful. Um, I'm hoping for more actual dialogue, though, to have with my kids. I have a four and a two and a half year old. So she's got littles. I love how you call them littles. I think that's adorable. <laughs> uh, my soon to be ex and I have both spoken with them a bit separately about what's going on, but have not yet together. We're also selling the family home and we'll be both living with our parents before we each create our new separate homes. Anything Christina would suggest about what to say and not to say, what should the convo we have with them together looks like? Thanks, Fiona. So what are a couple of points you'd, you'd tell the listeners about Fiona's questions? Sure. I would say, you know, referring back to the last podcast that we did when we talked about parenting plans, I think the very first, you know, the starting point for every conversation is the parents need to draft it's really hard to talk to your kids about what life is going to look like if you haven't mapped it out. So as best you can, get together and talk about what is moving forward look like for us. So in this particular situation, you know, Fiona and her co-parent could sit down and say, okay, so when's the move taking place? You know, how are we going to transition the kids? What's the time frame? Um, once you have decided the time frame, then you can think about, so when will we have a conversation? So you really want to map it out in terms of how you're going to move forward. Um, I think when you talk about little kiddos, the hard part is developmentally, the littles don't like fully get it, right? Cognitively, yeah. they're just not there. Um, but I do encourage parents to still, you know, really focus in on the structure and consistency because what's unique with little ones is that they pick up on the tension. They pick up on the stress, the uncertainty, the you know chaos of the transition. So you want to, as much as possible, for co-parents to really try to provide some construct, some consistency, predictability, and structure. And if you can mirror that within each home, that's even better. Um, that will help kids tremendously. And then in terms of the talking point, you know, I would refer people back to um, the guide that I offered as a free bonus for people who listen into the podcast, because I really break down, you know, scripts from young kiddos, to older ones, what are some things they need to hear? Basically with little kids, they need to know that you're always going to be mom and dad. That's not going to change, even though our family's changing, have a home with mom, a home with dad, um, and that this is not your fault. 
divorce is a grown-up problem. And I do recommend that parents use the word divorce, even though for little kiddos, they don't quite understand it. Um, as you continue to give them the same message over time, they'll be able to integrate it. And it will be just um, something that they understand. Um, the other part about the moving and it being temporary and Fiona's situation, which may be an issue for lots of co-parents right now, you know, yeah. with everything that's going on. Um, I, I think you give kids as much detail as you can that's age appropriate. Think about what's important to them. You know, what things are going to stay the same, what things are going to change. And then tell them that for now, this is where we're going to live. This is going to be the plan. Um, and I tell parents, when you're prepping kids for change, think about other big changes that you have gone through as a family. Like when you take your kids to the first day of school, right? You don't drop them off at the door and go, see you later. <laughs> Bye. You talk with them about it, right? You know, you plan it and you and you help them visualize it. So when you can do that with your little ones, kind of talk them through, this is where we'll be staying. Here's where your bed's going to be. Um, this is the time you'll have with mom. This is the time you'll have with dad, you know, mapping it out in that way and giving them real tangible ways to um, understand those transitions, like the calendars, color coded calendars, like we talked about. Yeah. I mean, that's, there are so many little helpful tips and I do want everyone to know, I will have a link again to your giveaway because it's, it's truly, if you didn't download it yet, folks, please do go get um, Christina's giveaway because it has literally scripts of what you can say to your children and in all these different situations and based upon their different ages, as, as Christina points out here, Fiona's children at four and two and a half, you're going to have a different conversation with them than you would with a 14 and 20. 12 and a half year old. So it's just a different, it's, it's a different place. Um, but that's, you know, that's a good segue of putting all of that thought and conversation with your co-parent ahead of time into how you're going to handle the schedule or the timing before you talk to your kids, because that also translates into how you're going to handle the holidays. Um, you know, as a, family law attorney. I, you know, I have had so many conversations with families that have quickly accelerated with couples that have quickly accelerated to very difficult, emotional, um, you know, issues between them when we get to how are the holidays going to be managed between two households. Um, There is hardly a more emotional topic in divorce than, than this particular topic. And it's very upsetting for people. Um, what I think happens, though, is as upset as the parents get, as you just said, the kids pick up on turmoil, they pick up on those feelings, that if you're going into the holidays with upset and turmoil, that's what the holidays are going to be for your family. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm thrilled that Christina was able to make the time to come and speak to you all about how to manage your holidays, because just because you're man- you're having your holidays in two separate households, it doesn't have to be, you know, a, I, I think you called it uh, devastating, you know, different yeah. <laughs> doesn't have to be devastating. Um, and in fact, I've, I've had many, many families have one, I, I myself, you know, I have stepchildren, we do different types of holidays um, with with the kids from the time they were five when I met them to, they were 22, 23 now. Um mm-hmm. 
So, you know, let's dive into that because one of the things that you you did talk about is keeping emotions in check. You know, I just talked about how emotional people get. You say keep emotions in check. How do parents do that? Well, I think first you've got to raise your level of awareness. You've got to be paying attention to how you're feeling. And most of us don't. Um, You know, we just kind of go with it. We're so focused on external factors that we're not really turning inward. You know, and so if you find yourself really, um, and usually it's physically that it hits us first. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, the stomach turns in nuts, you know, tightens up, the shoulders, your jaw clenches. Um, And when you find that you're physically reacting to something, pay attention to that. Check in, you know. As hard as it is, take five, 10 minutes and do it on a lunch break, do it before you go to bed. But just think about like, what's most important to me about this holiday? Where am I feeling uneasy? Uh, What am I stressed about? Because let's face it, the holidays are stressful, period. (laughs) Even when you're not going through divorce, I don't know a parent alive that isn't like a little tense about this special time that we're having and just everything that goes with it. So Try to be thoughtful, if, you know, and maybe even talk it over with a friend. If you feel like you need to talk about it out loud, find a trusted friend and just say, you know, this is a first holiday and here's what I'm most worried about. I just need to kind of talk through it out loud. And I think that's the starting point. I think that's, and, you know, such a good point. If you don't, it's, you know, talking it out with yourself and then talking it out with your co-parent. Um, but try to have that conversation with yourself before you have the conversation with your co-parent um, about how you're going to manage the holidays. And, you know, the other part, and we talked about this in the parenting plan. Um, in fact, you had a quote in the parenting plan episode that what feels fair to you might not feel fair to your children. Right. You know, and we have a whole section in that episode about parenting plans and fairness are not necessarily, you know, time with your children isn't something to be divvied up like it's a commodity. Um, You want to look at approaching your parenting time in the way that works best for your kids. Same thing with holidays. It doesn't change just because it's a holiday. So your tip is to forget being fair and to be flexible for your kids. Absolutely. Remember that it's not about the date on the calendar for kids when you're talking about holidays. Like I have never come across a kid who has said, you know, on uh, December 25th at 2.05, I really remember this time when we were all together and we baked cookies and I had the best Christmas ever. That's not what kids think about. Kids think about, oh, we baked cookies and it was a great time and I really enjoyed that. Or when we went you know, and built snowmen or when we watched Christmas movies, you know, all afternoon and ate popcorn together. I mean, there's all kinds of things, but it's really about the experience. So focus on making meaning over the holidays. You know, what kind of memories can you make with your kids? Um, I love that you said, you know, you had a different way of doing the holidays as a bonus family. We did too, because we did like a year on, a year off so that the kids didn't feel conflicted over the holidays by having to drop what they were doing and rush to the other parent's house. So what we would do as a bonus family is that, um, you know, on our on years, we would celebrate Christmas a certain way. 
And on our off years, we had New Year's. And so we made New Year's our really big holiday on those years. And the kids had something to look forward to. And now that, you know, our kids are grown, um, we still do New Year's and we make it a big family gathering and everybody comes together and that's what they remember. Yes. I mean, and that's the important I, part. That's the significant question. And I have to say, so I have, as I mentioned, my bonus family, my bonus um, kids. And according to the parenting plan that was worked out, they were supposed to do that alternating holidays with us and, and with their mom's household. And and we did that, I think, for a few years. And then it really became apparent that for the kids, their mom's house was the holiday, you know, she's, that was the house for them to be in. And so we just rearranged the holidays and sort of did, you you did New Year's, um, we would do a couple of days after Christmas and just have a whole Christmas then. And my husband and I would do something else on Christmas day. Um, and it's just been that way now for, and it's the same for, um, Thanksgiving. And, you know, if they're close enough, we, we just sort of let everybody flow between the households. Now my step kids, my bonus kids are, are older now, but Mm -hmm. even when they were younger, um, what, if we were close enough, we really sort of let it be organically what seemed to be working best for them. Um, and, and that is one of your tips is to, to consider the kids, but also not to let them drive the bus on this issue. Um, and, and so many parents do. I mean, this is a, you know, I've, I've negotiated parenting plans where it's all about, well, they say they want this or they say they want that or they won't go. or So, so what do you mean by, you know, keeping the kids out of that driver's seat? Well, I don't, I I think it puts kids in a really difficult position when you say to them, well, who do you want to spend the holiday with? Where do you want to be? And we kind of um, guise it as, well, I I just want to find out what the kids want. Well, that really puts kids in a no-win situation because if they say yes to you, they're saying no to the other parent. And uh, as I've mentioned before, I think in other episodes, you know, kids often will really pick up on what they think a parent wants to hear. And so they may say one thing to one parent and another thing to the other parent. And each parent thinks they're the ones that are hearing the truth (laughs) and that the other parent is lying. Yes. So, um, you know, don't put kids in that kind of situation. I think what you can do is you can talk to kids and say, hey, can you give me some ideas about how you'd like the holiday to look like? Um, I want it to feel most comfortable for you. I don't want you to think about you know, how it feels for me or how it feels for the other parent. But really, I just like to hear what about the holidays in the past or what about the holiday coming up are really important to you. And let's see how we can be creative about honoring that. And and really, this is something that I think parents really need to pay attention to. And that is, you know, it's okay to think outside the box. You can be creative about how you approach some of these issues, some of these celebrations. You don't have to like throw out everything that you've done in the past. Um, Some of that may be things that you want to keep, traditions you want to hang on to. That's okay. But you can also establish some new ones. And that's okay too. Well, in the traditions, I'm glad you mentioned that because that is what I hear so much and what makes, I think, trying to visualize for parents or acclimate to the idea that their children might not be there for a certain date on the calendar 
is because there are family traditions around mm-hmm. those times, these holidays. And ma- very often it involves extended family. Um, so, you know, I've always had the, well, we always do Thanksgiving at my yeah. parents' house. Or Christmas Eve, we always go to church. Or the first night of Hanukkah is always done this way. It's it's what's happened for that family up to that point in time it's been their tradition, and that's very hard for people be, to imagine doing something different. Right. Um, and, and so, you know, what what tips do you have for those situations where we're not just talking about what the the you know the 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 core family, mom, dad, or mom and mom and dad and dad and the children, but what their extended families have always done. Right. Well, I think you I, I think you need to first take a hard look at what it means for your kids. Okay. So if this is a tradition that's really important for your children, that's where I say, you know, go back to being flexible over fair. Really base that decision around not so much the other parent, but what your kids, what's it gonna mean to your kids? And if, you know, your kids um aren't going to, like, it's not going to be a deal breaker for them if they're not celebrating Hanukkah in this way, or they're not there for midnight mass, um, then you may need to, you know, have a conversation with extended family and let them understand that this is kind of part of the way that lives change when you split up um, and that we'll be doing the holidays a little different. Uh, And you might get some pushback on that. My guess is that's probably not the only thing you're going to get pushed back on (laughs) over the course of your divorce. (laughs) Probably not. (laughs) It's a good time to start setting limits. And I I think that limits are important regardless because we, I think part of the stress of the holidays, we're so into trying to meet everybody's demands, all the extended family, you know, what are they going to think? You know, what is Aunt Edna going to think if I don't show up for a Christmas Eve party? Well, you know, maybe this year that's just something you need to mark off your list because it's creating a lot of tension and stress for right. the family. So do your best to keep the holiday day stress-free. That's, that's really critical. I'd like to take a moment now to tell you about my favorite co-parenting app, FAIR. There are other apps out there, but FAIR is the only one that I recommend to my clients. We know that divorce is never easy, and when children are in the picture, it can be really tricky, especially when you're trying to communicate with your ex, and that's a challenge. Now there's an app with you and your kids in mind. It's called FAIR, F-A-Y-R. FAIR is the easiest, most intuitive, and conflict-diffusing co-parenting app on the market. It helps to eliminate misunderstandings while also improving communication between co-parents. Here's what the FAIR app can do. It has a time-sharing calendar, documentable text messaging, an expense tracker, a GPS check-in, and by the way, no one else has that, a monthly parenting report, a private journal, a file vault, and importantly, you can export all of the records into a convenient and time and date stamped PDF when you need it for your attorney or for court, and there's a Spanish version of the app as well. So subscribe at BeFair.com, that's B-E-F-A-Y-R.com, and then download FAIR from the App Store or Google Play. You can go to FAIR.com for more details and use the discount code SUSANG18 to receive 20% off. 
Stay tuned for more from Susan and her guest, parenting expert Christina McGee, on how to make the holidays happy for your kids. So if you're giving a gift to a child and it's their gift, then the child should get the opportunity to decide where the gift lives or if they want to take it back and forth. It's their gift. If you're really struggling with that, um, then I would say you're better off not giving it as a gift. If you are enjoying this episode, check out Fed Up With Fine, What to Do When the Status Quo Isn't Enough with Empowerment Coach Shannon McGorry. We get up and do what we do because that's what we did the day before or because that's what requi- that's what required of us. But it's not actually what we want to do. It's not what we're prioritizing in life. And that's where I dig into fine with my clients often because it really comes down to what do you want to create your life to be like? And now we return to today's show. Well, and that goes back to that. The holidays aren't just the happiest time of the year. They actually no. <laughs> are a very stressful time for so many of us. Um, so this does add that extra layer of stress. But some of that is self-created. And, and yeah. um, we, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves. Um, and, and at a time in our lives where so much else is changing, it can feel especially traumatic to right. give up those traditions or have to change those traditions. But, you know, one of the things that you always stress and, and that I think this episode is is all about is it's not, it's about the kids. It's about their experience of those holidays. We're the grownups. Right. Um, and, and we can get through um, and, and deal with the grown-up issues. But for kids, holidays are that magical time for trick-or-treating or sitting down and stuffing themselves full of turkey stuffing and mashed potatoes or, you know, opening their present each night during Hanukkah or whatever these, those, those traditions that families right. go through might be. Um, I always go back to that scene in Ellen Bruno's film Split where that one little girl with that just with her sparkling eyes and her big smile said, so that year we had like seven Christmases and it was really awesome. You know, yeah. like, <laughs> it, it, it just goes to because I as an attorney had said that to, to clients before with a look of skepticism on their faces like kids don't mind having more than one holiday. Trust me. Um, but guess what? They don't. <laughs> you can make it special in a right, lot of right. different ways. Well, and um, I tell I, I tell parents, you know, if you're like feeling conflicted, remember this, like what's going to matter most to your kids years from now? Where they spent Christmas Eve or the fact that their parents are fighting about where they spent Christmas? Yeah, yeah. Which well, go back to the conflict the most, conversation. Which is going to have the most impact. And sometimes looking at it from that perspective can give us the shift we need to really em- embrace. Because I do think that most parents want to do their very best to make this easier for their kids. It's just we've got so many strong emotions. We get caught up in the moment. And sometimes it's hard to see how the choices we're making are going to impact our kids. Yeah. And and I think that's that's such a good point. We are already, as we just said, struggling, going through a lot of change. And this is one more impact on us as well um, or uh, for the parents because you and I talked about this. If your children are with the other parent, it does mean that you might be spending the holiday alone. And that, right. that adds that additional layer of... Um, 
you know, maybe sadness or loss or, you know, for the the parent who doesn't have the children in that moment in time. Um, And that's another reason why, you know, making it special when the children are then with you, even if it's not the actual holiday day, um, can help you as well. Mm -hmm. You know, so but we also do just mentioned one of the big words, and this is I've literally had pages in agreements over this particular issue, gifts. So some of these holidays are geared around gifts, Uh, specifically, mostly it's Hanukkah, uh, Christmas, the kids' birthdays, things like that. But, um, you know, this can be so rife with issues. I mean, you know, one parent over outspending the other, having more ability to spend, Mm -hmm. Um, where the gifts are going to be and where they stay. Do the toys go back and forth between the households? Um, Your tip is to give gifts without strings, which I, I love the concept. How does that happen? Yeah. So I tell parents to really be um, very thoughtful about how attached they are to a gift they're giving. So um, if you're giving a gift to a child and it's their gift, then the child should get the opportunity to decide where the gift lives or if they want to take it back and forth. It's their gift. If you're really struggling with that, um, then I would say you're better off not giving it as a gift. Now, it's perfectly okay when you have two households to say, hey, you know, here's this bicycle I'm buying you so that when you're here at this house, you have a bike to ride and you can go and hang out with your friends and you can do stuff. That is creating a home. It's a very different thing to say, hey, here's your bike, it's your Christmas present, and it can never go over to the other household. So they're sending very two different messages. And it's really important for parents to think about how that feels for kids. Um, here's a gift, but. <laughs> yeah, but it can only live here. <laughs> right. Not crossing yeah. the line. It's not crossing the line. Um, you know, and so it's important for parents to really be thoughtful about that, to think through uh, how that feels for kids. And if you're just, you know, if you're not sure, then you're better off not giving it. Uh, the other piece is, you know, also don't set the other parent up. And, and be <laughs> mindful about what you're giving kids. So, you know, it's not okay to give your kids a new puppy and say, hey, you can take it over to the other house. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. This little poop machine is going to go over to my co-parent's house. Yeah. I'm sure your dad or mom will love it. Um, so I, I think that the best case scenario is for parents to have conversation about gifts, right? Um, you can give joint gifts. Or, you know, just have a conversation so you're not duplicating gifts. Because uh, that also, you know, creates a, an issue for kids when they get the same gift at each household. Like, it's a little underwhelming do? when they open the second one. <laughs> right, right, yeah. right. So, yeah. um, and we also, I mean, you don't think about what kind of values do you want to give your kids? Because the other thing is a lot of parents will overextend themselves. They'll just like, just give and give and give. Um, where's the specialness in that? Right. 
Well, I think there's that desire to make it a special holiday. And so parents will overspend or, or, you know, perhaps extend themselves in a way that they might not have in the intact households, you know, be, and go beyond their means. But it also sets up almost a competitive feel for parents. Yeah. And I've actually had parents, and this is something that maybe people can discuss with their co-parent. I've had couples that will create a combined pot of holiday spending money and they will each shop out of that combined and give combined gifts. Um, nice. And they will have, you know, from mom and dad or, or mom and mom and dad and dad. And they will have some of those gifts be at one household and some of those gifts be at the other household. But they will decide we're going to spend a certain amount. Mm-hmm. We'll each put in this much toward it. And, you know, many families have one parent that's traditionally done the Christmas shopping. Sometimes that it works for those families for that person to continue doing that. Sometimes mm-hmm. they they talk and they and they split it up. And that's actually worked very well for some of my families because then that takes all of that, everything that we've just talked about, out of the mix. It's a jointly given gift. It can go between the two households. Right. There's no double gifting and there's no competitiveness in the gifting. So something to consider. Um, but, you know, there's also for kids, I think, um, because many families don't sit down. Many parents have a hard time talking about this. This is mm-hmm. extremely emotional. Parents don't like talking about it. it. It's very, you know, difficult. And so they may not either have a plan or they have a hard time talking to their kids about it. So sometimes the kids are kind of left in the dark. Um, right. That's a big problem. That's a huge problem. You know, it's really difficult for kids to manage a situation when they don't know what to expect, right? And so if we want the holiday to be stress-free, part of that means um, understanding that kids navigate a lot of situations behind the scenes that we are not even aware of as parents. You know, just very simple things like, um, you know, Brittany's having a Christmas play. And um, she may be really angsting over, like, my parents aren't sitting together this year, so, you know, where do I look? And who do I go to first after the Christmas play is over? Um, if I go to dad, is mom going to get upset? If I go to mom, is dad's, is his feelings going to get hurt? You know, how do I handle that? Sometimes we don't, we're not thinking about that as parents. So I think wherever you can kind of get ahead of it, um, and really think about your kids. Where can you minimize some of that, those unnecessary stressors by thinking ahead? Um, if you have a parent who's not particularly cooperative and you know, for example, with the Christmas play, that that might be an issue for Brittany, uh, you can say to Brittany, you know, I know dad's going to be there. So when you get done, why don't you go over and say hello to him first? And I'll be waiting for you, you know, by the backstage door. You go ahead and make a plan and you just take that stress away from them so they don't have to worry about it. Uh, I also think with the holidays, like what's it going to look like? Where am I going to be when? Kids are wondering these kind of things. And when we're not talking about them, that creates more anxiety. So really mapping it out and saying, so this year, here's how we're going to approach the holidays and, and letting them know. And especially with little ones, again, back to the color-coded calendar so that they can actually see where they're going to be, when. Um, and I would also say the same is true for older kids. You might not color code it, but maybe you put it on a Google calendar 
or you yeah. text it to them. Um, but just so they're real clear because they're not only navigating between parents, but also their friends, their boyfriend, their girlfriend, you know, they've got a lot of other things going on. So if yeah. you really want to just talk with the kids. You know, you just said that about the the Christmas play at school, and it reminds me, I was talking to a colleague the other day. Now, we're talking about a family mediator who's probably in his later 30s, and we were talking about his growing up in a divorced family, and he told me, so this is 20 years later for him, he told me the story of the school play. I don't know if it was a holiday play, but the school play, and his parents were both there, and he still remembers very viscerally as he came off the stage not knowing where to go. Yeah. Like, do I go to mom? Do I go to dad? So if you don't think that impacts your children, this is a divorce professional who, you know, he, he choked up. He got teary when we were talking about it. Um, and it made me feel so badly for him and wonder. So your I, I, I so love that tip that the parent can alleviate that so easily by saying, you know, I know dad's going to be there. I know mom's going to be there. Go ahead and say hi to them. And then I'll just be waiting for you. You know, afterwards, I'm so proud of you. Have a wonderful play, break a leg or whatever. I just love it. It doesn't have to be a big drama or trauma, but you just took that off your kid's plate of stress. I, I, I just love that. It's wonderful. So one of the things that I wanted to just add, um, into the conversation when we're talking about unnecessary stressors is that, you know, for adult children of divorce, uh, the holidays can really, really be challenging and stressful. And a lot of times parents don't think about the impact their choices or how they're handling the holiday is going to affect their kids. So because there's no order in place telling us how to handle the holidays, a lot of times parents will have expectations. Well, of course, you're coming to see me for Christmas or Hanukkah. Um, and the other parent may have the same expectation. And I've talked with adult children of divorce, and it really is such a challenge for them because they feel very conflicted, saying yes to one parent and saying no to the other. Um, and they worry about letting someone down. And so they're scrambling to try to divide their time to be fair. Fair, there's that word, F word again, um, <laughs> to everybody. And yes. uh, so I, I think that as parents, it's important to take into consideration what how your expectations affect your adult children. And, you know, instead of insisting that everybody is sitting at the table on Thanksgiving Day, maybe you need to shift your holiday and have an alternate, you know, Thanksgiving celebration. Or, you know, again, be creative about how you spend the holidays together and make it more about making a memory with your kids than what the actual date is on the calendar. And I can tell you that kids have such a high level of appreciation for a parent that is willing to be flexible and, you know, take away that unnecessary stress for them. And talk to them about it. I mean, I think that's the key component because even what you just said about adult children is instead of just assuming, well, they're grownups now, there are no orders in place, They, it's okay, they can just figure it out themselves understanding that there may still be stress there for them and just saying to them, you know, we've always done our Thanksgiving on Friday. That's perfectly fine to continue doing that if that works for you still. Or, you know, we'll be fine, you know, stay in one, you know, do what we've done up to now, um, you know, that sort of thing. But talk to them about it. We we truly in our lives avoid the difficult conversations or what we perceive to be difficult. And that only makes 
everything more difficult. So if if there's one big lesson out of all of this is you need to talk to your co-parent about it if you can. You need to talk to your kids about the holidays. And you need to talk, as we just started the episode, you need to talk to yourself and understand, you know, your stressors and recognize that. So one thing I want to mention to listeners is I do have right after this an episode coming up with Dr. Elizabeth again, um, the divorce doctor, and we're going to talk about how you can um, address your feelings of stress and perhaps loneliness or other issues that are coming up for you during the holidays, especially if you're going through divorce, and especially as it's compounded right now by COVID and all of the complications that raises. So beyond your children and the holidays, Dr. Elizabeth and I will be talking about you and your mental health and the holidays. So tune in next week for that episode. Uh, But Christina, again, it's always so wonderful to have you on. We're going to have you back again next month, but thank you because this This holiday episode is something that I know is going to be a lifeline for so many families. So thank you again. Oh, thank you so much, Susan. Again, I'm so grateful for the opportunity to share information. And I just want to mention that that we had talked about at the top of, I guess, before we got on, that there are some articles um, that you're going to post links to. So if people are looking and they want like a deeper dive into information, I've written about the holidays on several occasions. So go check out those articles. Chances are that the question you have may just be there. And if it's not, you know, feel free to, to pitch it Susan's way. Yes, actually, send to divorceandbeyondpod at gmail.com. And, and Christina might answer your question live on another episode. And just remind people, Christina, how they can reach out to you and find out more about you and get your book. Sure. So um, the name of my book is Parenting Apart, How Separated and Divorced Parents Can Raise Happy and Secure Kids. You can get it at any major um, retailer for books. And you can find me at divorceandandchildren.com. Um, I'm also on Facebook, Divorce and Children. And uh, if you want to start a conversation or are looking for some support or other parents to connect with, please, you know, drop on by and check us out. So we'll see you again soon, Christina. And to all of you, have a happy holiday season. It's 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 going to be fine. And and just, you know, take it slowly, be kind to yourself, be kind to your kids, and have a wonderful holiday season. So thank you, Christina. My pleasure. Thank you for joining me today on the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I hope you found some information and inspiration to help you on this journey. Please join me every Monday at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for a new episode. And if you like the show, please take the time to subscribe and leave me a five-star review on iTunes. You can also find more information on the website at divorceandbeyondpod.com where you'll find links to the YouTube channel, transcripts of the episodes, and other bonus content. So I'll see you next week to help you move through your divorce and beyond. Thank you.